0: everybody and welcome to this brand new IT security podcast. Every episode we'll be looking at elements of the SOC or security operations, but also conversations with various different guests looking at other areas within the IT industry. You're listening to Socktails. I'm top 9% on Tri and I don't even know how to open a terminal. I was really hesitant when we set up Discord. Tell me about <laughs> sex The GDPR stuff can be the bane of my existence sometimes. Hello, I'm your host Matt Ford, and welcome to Socktails. So for this, we're going to do something slightly different. For those of you that have listened to the previous episodes of the podcast, they have been more uh, interview style. We've had some fantastic guests. If you've not listened, go back and and, and take a listen. What I will need to do uh, is have a summary of some of the uh, IT security news that has been out over the course of the past week or past couple of weeks, whenever I decide to to put these little snippets out. Uh, Just a quick kind of 15 minutes maybe, see how I get on with the editing, but really just something that you can kind of listen to, get up to speed with some of the things that are happening in the news while you're having your coffee and move on from there. I was trying to think of a particular name for this, given that it is going to be a brief summary of the news. I have decided that we are gonna call this Socktails BS. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, yes I know, absolute comedy genius of course. So as I said these are going to be fairly short episodes, 15-20 minutes or so, just enough time for you to be able to grab a drink, have a listen. And then we can move on with it. So I'll just take a pause, go and make yourself a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, come back and have a listen. So first of all I wanted to talk about Ferrari. Now you could say hey look Fordy this is an IT security podcast and hopefully you'd be right, I can talk about Ferrari and Formula One till the cows come home. I can talk about their strategy or lack of, I can talk about the fact that all they seem to do at the moment, as with the rest of the field, is just follow Red Bull around in a procession. But Ferraris are obviously known for their sports cars, uh, for their poster element looks uh, on the bedroom walls. But for this week, they've also been known for a ransomware breach. So we've had some information come out uh, from Ferrari to say that they have had a cyber incident, they have had a breach. Uh, the Ferrari CEO, uh, Benedito Vigna, uh, sent a letter out to uh, various different customers. Now, I am not in a position where I can interview the Ferrari CEO, mm-hmm. uh, but we do have a little snippet here that I may have been able to out from a text-to-speech recognition software on internet. We regret to inform you of a cyber incident at Ferrari, where a threat actor was able to access a limited number of systems in our information technology environment. Almost sounds like the man himself, I'm not sure I've ever heard him speak, but Ferrari have said um, that they have had this breach. Um, they also have said that there's been no impact on operational functions within the company but that there has been some data access customer names addresses email address telephone numbers and those various different aspects of of personal data they also said there's no payment information or details of ferrari cars owned or ordered had been stolen which is an interesting thing to be able to to put up there and mention that uh, mention that element now it's all well and good ferrari have come out and said um, that they've had this breach they've put this announcement out there, which is great, 40. they're doing the right thing, fantastic, yeah, but I do have a question. So back in October we actually saw some information on a ransomware group forum on the dark web, ransomware group known as RansomEXX, that have claimed to have breached Ferrari, which at the time uh, apparently Ferrari denied. Uh, there is a listing. Um, still, on the Ransom E6 website, I did take a quick look before I recorded this podcast. Um, there is a list of files um, on there still available to be able to download. Having a look through some of the, the file lists from a, a text perspective that the Ransom Group have put up there, there's quite a bit of information in there. Um, looks like there's uh, some data sheets, there's a load of PDFs, images, uh, whether these are going to be... Uh, images of uh, cars, repair manuals, uh, they look kind of like internal documents but it's that kind of information that's already already there. So the question really is were they breached back in October and Ferrari have not said anything until now which is six months later which is not a good look or have they been breached again and this is the first time that it's happened and they've done the right thing and they've made an announcement uh, were Ransom EXX not being serious with the information that they have picked up back in October? Where did they get in the information from? So there's a lot of questions around uh, this particular breach. It's great that Ferrari have come out and said something but they have they done it at the right time? Have they been breached again? What other kind of information is, is out there? It's always very tricky when we're looking at this kind of breach information. We do always have to think about the IT teams that are working for these particular companies that are having to deal with all these various different breaches and working all the long hours to be able to deal with that. But it'd be very interesting to see what happens over the course of the next week from Ferrari, maybe even from a ransomware group. At the moment we don't necessarily know which ransomware group has perform this particular breach. Could it be Rantom at 6 Could it be another one? Could it be the same breach? Again, who knows. So it'd be good to see what information comes out over the course of the next week. something else that I wanted to talk about was the shutdown of breach forums. So for those of you not necessarily aware, breach forums um, were the successor to raid forums, um, a popular site on the clear web, not on the dark web, that were notorious for hosting leaked information, leaked databases, breach information, uh, various different um, uh, files uh, that you could download and have access to this, and in some areas uh, you could download this um for, for free they also have like a credit system so the more active you are on the site the more credits you get the more information that you're able to download and there was a huge amount of information there um, and uh, there were various different people that were on there whether it be your ransomware gangs whether it be your security researchers um, just looking at that kind of aspect and that side of of the cyber security now raid forums were shut down by the FBI I, believe, April last year. Uh, Let me just double check on that one. Yeah, so that looks about right. So April 2022, there was an arrest. Um, Somebody who went by the name of Omnipotent on the forum. A UK uh, person was arrested as part of that uh, particular season on the raid forums. But the information this week, uh, or last week actually, March the 15th, was that the FBI had arrested uh, one of the founders and owners of the Breach Forum, um, a guy who went by the alias of Pom Pom Purin on the forum. Now, his name, his real name is available out there on the web. I'm not necessarily keen on glamorising the real names of these people, but they're out there. Go find it. It's not, not a particular issue. Um, he was arrested by the FBI. Uh, he was put on a $300,000 bond. And there was a lot of uh, information um, on the various different kind of threat feeds, wherever you kind of get that get that information from, about what was going to happen with the breach forums. Um, were the FBI going to keep these up in some kind of way and use them as uh, as kind of honeypots? Um, there's a, a lot of information that's been released as well by one of the other um, co-owners of the breach forums um, as well. So... Uh, this is uh, an area where the, uh, the, this other kind of owner initially said that um, you know, they, it's something that they might be able to, to, to keep up. He was looking at maybe transferring or migrating over to new, new infrastructure as, uh, as part of that. Uh, and then there was also the announcement that he'd cancelled those plans. So this was somebody that went under the, the forum username of Baphomet if I may, again, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, And there was a final update that was shared um, that kind of suggested that the FBI had got access um, to uh, one of the administrator's machines, this Pompey Empurian's machines, um, and that they had access to this. um, The infrastructure was taken offline. And it'd be interesting to see what happens with this. Now, some of the information I've got from here, uh, if you've listened to any of the previous podcasts, um, there was a, an interview with Amir from SOS Intel. Uh, if you've not caught that interview, go take a listen. It's fantastic. Uh, but a lot of this information I've kind of picked out from his Twitter feed and some of the various different information that he's been picking up, picking up from there. So it'd be really interesting to see what happens going forward with the breach forums. They always seem to reappear. They reappeared after raid forums went down. We've seen a history of breach forums changing uh, the TLD slightly. Um, if uh, any of these um, uh, forums kind of get uh, either either going to get breached or accessed or, or turned off from a hosting perspective, they always seem to pop up here and there. It'd be interesting to see what the FBI do with some of this information. Uh, how much information is on there from a user's perspective? The kind of data that they're at that they've accessed or uploaded. Um, and uh, again, it'd be really interesting to see what's going to happen uh, with breach forums um, over the course of the next, uh, again maybe next few weeks or so, maybe we'll get some updates with uh, with what's going on. So lastly for this episode of Socktails BS, I just wanted to touch on something that uh, as security researchers, as, as security people in general. One of the things that we've kind of learned over the course of the past, I don't know, decade or so, is you do not plug random USB keys into your machine. We've heard numerous stories about uh, USB keys being planted in uh, uh, reception areas, hotel lobbies, on the floor, in the car park, uh, even back in my day with you know, floppy disks with the word salaries written on them, with the, uh, with, with, with the thought process that somebody's going to pick that up and stick it into their machine. Now, whatever you think about the various ins and outs from a social engineering perspective of how straightforward and simple and whether that's actually going to work or not is probably a conversation for, for another time. Um, but something that kind of sparked my interest uh, earlier in the week actually was something that we saw um, from a press release from CBS News actually, where five journalists from Ecuador received USB keys uh, in the post. In the mail, good old snail mail. Um, these uh, these USB keys came in, uh, and of course they started to plug them in. Now you're thinking, right, 40 This is going to be a tale of USB key that's connected in, malware is going to be run, uh, command and control channel uh, created back to onion addresses on the dark web, and took hold of the machine and did all kind of nefarious stuff. No, it's it's a little bit more explosive than that. So what we found is is these USB keys actually had an explosive charge inside them which went off when they were plugged in to these machines. Yes, we saw USB stick bombs in snail mail to journalists in Ecuador. Now we did have one uh, that, uh, that actually exploded and caused some damage to Uh, some physical damage to the journalist in question, thankfully um, nothing too serious, Um, some uh, damage to his hands and face from what we can tell. Uh, We wish him a very very speedy recovery. Um, I believe again the information that we've we've got up from the press release is that one of the other journalists connected this in to their machine but the voltage that uh, the machine was giving out was not enough in order to set off this particular explosive. So nothing happened there and, and then uh, we managed to, or they managed to get access to the various different other journalists and uh, and kind of warn them a little bit about what was going on. But there was a pretext here, there was some information with these particular USB keys um, that were talking about, you know, here's some kind of information that, that you might be uh, looking for. Um, uh you know if if you like this kind of information or if this information is is of interest to you from a journalistic perspective get in touch and we'll we'll do a bit more so there was this kind of story in this pretext in order to get these 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 sent in now the uh, motives behind this uh, are obviously still being talked about um there's uh, you know a lot of people are saying that this is a clear message to try and silence journalists and we always know a lot of the the, the news uh, and the, and the work that journalists c- can do um, uh, can can be uh, uh, very uh, very good. Some can be bad. Um, some can be quite. Uh, I'll use that word again. Explosive from a content perspective. Um, so you know, it'd be interesting uh, again to see if anything happens with this story. A little bit further down the line in the future, uh, but I thought this was quite an interesting one. Um, A little bit different to the standard kind of USB key on the floor uh, that we normally kind of uh, associate these kind of attacks with um, from uh, from that perspective. So um, yeah, interesting little story, interesting little snippet and I think with those three elements, uh, the Ferrari, the Breach Forums and the explosive USB keys, It's probably a good way to sign off from our Socktails BS.